Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So the uh, <clears throat> subject of the talk is appreciating our benefactors. <clears throat> and uh, as, I, as I said um, before the break, I uh, celebrated my 70th birthday uh, last month and um, very... Hello? Um, and it was uh, when you when you go through a milestone like that it gives you a chance to uh, or you you should take the opportunity to look back on your your life and uh, get a perspective on uh, how it is that here you are at this point being the human being you are Um, and I put together a number of old photos from different parts of my life and one was uh, this benefactor uh, page. And when I, uh, when I looked at it, I, I, was, I was amazingly fortunate to uh, to meet some and be influenced by some some very uh, special beings, and when I look back on my life, there were some other uh, pages there from my younger days where um, it was clear I could have gone in lots of different directions in my life, um, and uh, how it ended up. On the Dharma path, I, I don't know how that happened, but you know, there, there, I had a, a bit of a wild side to me, as well, and uh, an intense side. And fortunately, I got really intense about something that kind of chilled me out a bit. But I also, as I mentioned in uh, in my book, uh, was kind of. At times, looking back, it was like I was walk- walking through landmines that could have gone off in any, uh, at any moment and my whole life would have been different. Because I kind of uh, played the edge at, in, in, in some ways. But fortunately, most, as much as anything, being inspired by others... Uh, that reminded me of what really mattered to me or helped me get in touch with what really mattered to me, um, helped me go in, in that direction of consciousness and, and goodness and dharma. And when you think about it, you know this is not just unique to me. Everybody here is in this room spending a Thursday night 
quiet together, being drawn to hear the Dharma together. So many different possibilities for how your life has unfolded and somehow you are interested in being more present for your life or being more kind and loving or uh, being more conscious. How did that happen? Was it just sheer luck? Maybe. But chances are you've been inspired or guided or mentored by, uh, by people who um, helped you face in that direction. <clears throat> uh, mention a, a, a few of the, the benefactors. Uh, for me, my, my two main teachers uh, in my particular story uh, were um, Ramdas and Joseph Goldstein, um, who I read, read Be Here Now. I've mentioned this many times before. Read Be Here Now in 1971, and um, it became my Bible for years. I just carry it around with me wherever I, whenever I travel any place, and or whenever I get confused or lost, and just oh, okay, what do I need to see? And I'd open up to the brown pages. Uh, and then I um, needed to meet this guy, Ramdas, uh, who wrote that book, Be Here Now, and went out to Naropa in 1974 and met Joseph Goldstein. I asked Ramdas, well, what about meditation? I had been doing transcendental meditation because uh, if it was good enough for John Lennon, it was good enough for me. And the, the Beatles did... TM and a lot of people did TM uh, and I had been doing that for for a while but he said oh, go check this guy Goldstein out he's pretty good and going into Joseph's class as I've said here before after about 10 minutes of saying so this is the great meditation teacher all of a sudden something really hit me in what he was saying and how it was coming through him and I knew I found, I found a path. As he said, it was possible to not be run by your neurotic thought patterns, which had never entertained my mind before. And I believed him and I said, I'm going for it. I'm really going for it. So... Of course, Joseph's, Joseph had his benefactors, and one of them, who is also a teacher of mine, is Anagarika uh, Manindraji, um, who, whose benefactor was Mahasi Sayadaw. Um, another benefactor of Joseph's was Deepama, who I was fortunate enough to spend time with, who also, whose, whose teacher and benefactors were Manindraji and Mahasi Sayadaw, um, and back and back and back through the lineage of the Buddha. And um, Ramdas's benefactor, inspiration, was Neem Karoli Baba, who's in the center of that 
that poster um, known as Maharaji, who um, for many people my age who read Be Here Now, um, through those pages somehow opened their hearts uh, and opened to the, the devotional side of, of spiritual life. And then there's a few others that worth mentioning. Of course, Jack Cornfield became a teacher and good friend, and his teacher, who I was also fortunate enough to to spend time with was Ajahn Chah in Thailand. Um, and uh, then there was uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, who started Naropa and got all of the, those people together, Joseph and Ramdas and Jack and Chogyam Trungpa. This, I, I've mentioned him before, this kind of uh, um, iconoclastic crazy wisdom teacher uh, brought uh, the Dharma to the West in uh, Tibetan Buddhism. And then there's others, uh, another main benefactor I dedicate in my book, um, along with Ninkaroli Baba, was um, Punjaji, H.W.L. Punja, or Punjaji, an Advaita teacher who... um, lived in India and who completely blew my mind uh, after practicing. I'd been practicing for, oh, that was 1990, and I started practicing in 74. After 16 years of intense Buddhist practice, um, I visited Punjaji, who uh, is, was a, a disciple, a devotee, and disciple of Ramana Maharshi. It was his benefactor. And Punjaji was not a Buddhist per se, and he was an Advaita teacher. And he would say uh, something like, oh, meditation uh, wears out the mind until it's ready to give up, and then you let go. Okay. Completely different than, yeah, meditate in there and go in and you'll find all the answers. Just a completely different um, approach. And he knew how to laugh and he knew how to open up to joy. So all of these beings who had their teachers and, uh, and mentors and inspirations, um, this is um, something to consider, the, the stream of goodness and wisdom and love that's been passed on from one heart to another and another heart to the next one and the next one and the next one. I should also include my dad in there too, who I is the first um, dedication in my book, uh, Arnold Barras. I'm sorry I didn't bring a picture of him who uh, just had a natural gift for loving. Um, but what's, been, what's passed on doesn't belong to anybody. That's the interesting thing. What 
you receive from your teacher and what they receive from their teacher and back and back. It just goes from heart to heart and in each new heart that it manifests or awakens, there's a unique expression of that same goodness, caring, consciousness, a unique expression that comes alive, but the energy, the, the stream, the lineage of connection is just passed on ownerless. The selfless nature of that stream. The Buddha talks about remembering with gratitude those who've, who we have benefited from. In the Blessing Sutta, he says, uh, to be content and grateful. This is a blessing supreme. And he also had his teachers as well, although he discovered his own awakening on his, in his quest when he left the palace at the age of 29 and um, set out for the next six years before he was enlightened, uh, wanted to learn as much as he could from whatever uh, wonderful teachers there were. And he had two main teachers. One was named uh, Alara Kalama, who he studied with, who um, taught him how to still the mind. Concentration practice. Those were the main practices that (coughs) the Buddha-to-be encountered uh, in his uh, in his quest, and uh, Alara Kalama taught him the first. Um, I think it was the first seven of the eight absorption states or jhana states, very deep states of peace and absorption and calm and uh, concentration. But the thing was that even though he he learned these states and they're exquisite states, when you come out of them, you still have the world to deal with. And um, he knew that he wasn't completely free. As sweet as those states were, he could see that there was more that he needed to learn. And and he, he asked, this is the, the ascetic uh, Siddhartha asked Alara Kalama, uh, have you taught me everything that you know? And uh, he was told, yes, I've, I've taught you everything you know, uh, I know and you've mastered it. And so why don't you come up here and uh, sit with me and we can teach together? A, a kind of, a nice invitation, a nice acknowledgement. Oh, the student learned everything from the master, except the Buddha was committed to going for complete freedom. 
And he said, thank you very much. I'm very grateful for what you've taught me, but there's still more that I want to learn. And then he came across another teacher uh, named um, Udaka uh, Ramaputta. And he also taught the Buddha something that was quite useful. The eighth jhana, and there are eight. There's four uh, form jhanas and then four formless jhanas. And the, the eighth jhana is the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception. Pretty subtle stuff. <laughs> The the the, uh, the 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 others are um, the 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 formless jhanas. There is uh, infinite space, infinite consciousness, um, the sphere of nothingness or no thingness, and those he learned from Alara Kalama. And then he met Udaka uh, Ramaputta. Oh, there's a little bit more to go the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception. And the Buddha got it. He said, that's pretty cool. Okay. Is there anything more? Can you teach me any more? And uh, he was told, no, you've mastered everything that I've learned, that that I have to teach you. Please come here and take a seat with me. Same as the story goes, same invitation. And... The print and Siddhartha said, the aesthetic said, no, I, I, I want to keep on going. There's more. I, I, I want to know what complete freedom is. And so then he set out on his arduous path. And at the age of 35, six-year process, uh, sat under the Bodhi tree and found what he was looking for, complete freedom. And at first he was a little reluctant to go out and teach because he thought, well, what if, what if I go out and teach and, and people don't really get it? As it said, uh, it would be a vexation to me you know, if I try to, to teach this deep, profound dharma and people just kind of said, shrug their shoulders. But then he was encouraged, as the story goes, by some... Uh, uh, Deva saying, take a look, there's many, many people with just a little dust covering their eyes, their vision, and they could learn what you know and you can teach it to them. So he decided, okay, I'll go to teach. Who should I, te- who should I share this with first? Oh, I know who I want to share it with. I want to share it with my teachers I've benefited from being around them. Of course, I want to share it with them. Unfortunately, as the story goes, and it's in the Pali Canon, and to whatever level of uh, veracity you can you can take it with, he he had um, he had some super mundane powers by that time, and he could he could see he could see beyond just what was in front of him and he saw that uh, alara kalama had died just 7 days before so then he said hmm 
okay, um, well, how about Udaka? And he looked again, and he saw, oh, gosh, this is in the sutta, he died last night. He said, oh, too bad. But that was his first impulse, to give back to his teachers, benefactors. And this is something that probably we have an impulse also to do, to want to give back to those who have benefited from us. And in fact, uh, the Buddha had this line that uh, your great benefactors are your, your parents, your mother and your father. And of course, we can have varying degrees of relationships with our parents, so this is not to put pressure on your on you but he said you know they took care of us when we were not able to take care of ourselves and so this is a a great uh, debt of gratitude that we owe them and the best way we can repay that debt is to establish them in in the dharma um, but the point is that we don't do this alone we do this from the, the good fortune of encountering others who have influenced and affected us. So before I go on, I'd just like you to go inside for a few moments. And you might have a number of different benefactors. But just for now, reflect on who have been the major benefactors in your life. Who has helped you open to the goodness inside or taught you the value of living with integrity or inspired you through their courage or their generosity or their wise counsel or mentorship. And just reflect on them for a few moments. What you received, the special karmic connection that you've shared. what's been passed on from them to you that lives through you as a kind of expression of the gift that they gave you or helped awaken in you.
And just for a few moments, just send some thoughts of thanks, of gratitude for the gift you received. Thank you. Thank you truly for being in my life. Wherever you are, may you be well and happy and at ease. May you feel my appreciation and gratitude for you. You might even imagine them, whether or not they're still alive, just enjoying and feeling the the happiness of how they've influenced and touched you. Smiling back on you. And notice how it feels as you get in touch with this feeling of of gratitude. How it feels in your body. in your mind, in your heart. Thank you. Okay, and what I'd like to do before we go on, there's more that I have to say but um, just uh, invite you to turn to one or two people and, uh, and share about your benefactor, what you received from them, how they influenced you, uh, or anything that, that came up from, uh, from that little reflection. Just for the next five minutes or so, you can turn to one person or a couple of people and, and just share. And you can witness them and be witnessed as well. And raise your hand if you're looking for somebody to, uh, to connect with. If you're looking around or feel like, if you don't feel like doing it, you can just be quiet on your own. But if so, then uh, connect with someone. Here. If you, here. Start finishing up. You can thank your partners if you'd like. And let's come on back together. So, uh, before I, I go on uh, with the talk, 
Any observations, any reflections that um, you got in touch with um, with that exercise? What came up for you? And uh, say your name and then we'll do it. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm Angela. Hi, Angela. Yeah. I was sharing with Toby that when I was 18, a host family in Argentina took me in as an exchange student, um, and they weren't getting paid for it. Um, And from the minute they picked me up at the bus station, they treated me like they loved me already, (laughs) Um, which was shocking. And I think that moment of having strangers treat you like they love you already mm-hmm. was uh, a major moment. And then they treated me like a daughter for the entire six months. And that was really, really touching because I didn't know it was possible to take someone who was not in your immediate family and treat them that way. Mm, you're lovely. Thank you. Who else? Um, I've been thinking a lot about my father. My name is Susan. Speak right into it. I've been thinking a lot about my father Mm. um, because I've been working on a construction project and my father was a builder. And I've. He was a what? A builder. A builder. Yeah. Mm. And um, a master craftsman, really. And I've been doing some of the work on this house myself and a feeling feeling so grateful for having spent time with my dad in the garage and watching him use tools and 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 shape materials and I didn't even realize I was learning so much from him Mm -hmm. but I have learned so much and I've put it to use and I can feel him right next to me and smiling on me and proud of me and it's very satisfying mm, in the material beautiful. world. To, there he is, just coming right through yeah. you. Uh-huh. I, can, I even can hear him breathing and <laughs> see his hands working. It's a really beautiful thing. Uh, so. Thank you. Who else? Anyone else? Yeah. See hey, I'm Katie. Is this one? Um, I just, I've never really like thought about that before. And there were, I just realized how many there were, you know, there was, it was just too many at first to even pick. I was like, how do I pick someone? And even just like, oh, that teacher who put a Teak Not Haunt article in the reader for my freshman literature class, you know, that, that article that completely changed my life, you know, and it's just these little, so many little things. And it was really touching. Hmm. Beautiful. That's the thing. Once you start tuning into it, you see how many different ways we've been shaped and influenced in in so uh, in such a positive way. Yeah. Any any other one last one last comment? I'm Lauren. And what came up for me was um, I thought about quite a number of teachers. Put it on an angle. <laughs> yeah, right into like an ice cream cone. Yeah. Angle. Yeah. A number of teachers. And um, I thought about the two sides of that. 
came up for me. And one, one side was my two daughters who taught me about love and unconditional love and patience. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I remember being pregnant and, and had it, having a full life and thinking, well, how could I have time for a child? Mm-hmm. And then it was, oh, you just, I just change everything <laughs> and have it be something different. And it was just so freeing. And, yeah, so I love my two daughters. And then I, th- and, and then I thought about um, a couple of days ago, I went to a um, yo- new yoga studio. I just moved here um, a few weeks ago. And I heard that this yoga studio, this man was, like, really great. And he wasn't. <laughs> he, he was condescending <laughs> and not nice. And, and it, it was like, oh, uh, people are saying really great, but he's not. He, it wasn't good. <laughs> so it was, so thinking, bring, having him, his, his, that come to me in this reflection mm-hmm. was, uh, it was, oh, and that, and it, it was, oh, and that's the opposite, Mm-hmm. And the opposite really is a great teaching. <laughs> and, don't, and, and for me, well, don't go there. Okay. <laughs> great. Thank you. Yeah. So, so you bring up, uh, did you want to have, did you have any hand Yeah. Oh, go ahead. One, one more over here. Hi, I'm Ellen. Um, what came up for me, um, this is a teacher that I never wanted to have, and I hope no one has to have, but uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. I've, I would never say it's a gift, ever, but it is a teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So this brings, brings us to another piece around this benefactor. Uh, issue. Uh, If we are committed to waking up, then everything is part of that awakening. There are the benevolent ones in our life who've influenced and touched us. And then there are the difficult people in our life who somehow we've learned things that we might have preferred not going through, but they've stretched us with patience or with uh, learning equanimity or with learning compassion or circumstances, as, as you just said, that are difficult. We learn from the hard stuff often. And if we can see everything in our life as part of our benefactor practice, uh, then every moment counts. And certainly there are some that are inspiring, that are so uh, heart-opening, and uh, that that live through us, that we want to embody. But... um, a, a, a more profound practice 
is seeing that life is giving you what you need if you use it, if you know how to use it well, in every moment to wake up. And so in that way, life becomes an ongoing benefactor for you, whether it's somebody who just sends you up the wall or some diagnosis that says, and this is part of life too, and seeing, you know, when you, when you take refuge in the Dharma, I take refuge in the Dharma, you're, the way I see it, you're, you're surrendering and seeing every moment I'm given what I can use to wake up. And sometimes, just want to do a little, uh, 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 one extra point in there, the ones who've been so important to us or the ones who we've had such an investment in uh, sometimes our benefactors or our friends can fall off the pedestal in our minds, in our hearts, and we can find ourselves disappointed. And this is... This is not uncommon. How many people have been disappointed by people that they were inspired by and, uh, and, and had to go through a process of, of, of uh, grieving or processing that? Many of us. And it's a, it's a tricky kind of thing. I write about this in Awakening Joy um, when um, I was reading... I used to read to my son Adam, who just did a workshop here last, uh, last week and now 30, but when he, was very, when he was young, we'd read, I'd love to read in bed uh, with him. Um, and there was this one series of books called The Pridane Chronicles by Lloyd Alexander. Um, it was kind of like a Chronicles of Narnia thing, five books, incredible writing. And uh, this one book, The Black Cauldron, the, um, the hero or the protagonist, Taryn, uh, this young guy is mentored by this, by this wise man, Gwydion. Um, and at the end of all of these battles, one, one person, uh, one warrior that was originally on their side turned to be an enemy and turn to the, you know, the, the, the shadow side, the evil side. And at the end, when the good guys come out victorious, and Gwydion is honoring all of those who have contributed to their success, and he includes this guy who had gone to the other side. And Taryn can't believe it. You're including him? Honoring him? And Gwydion says, he was instrumental in many of our early battles. If he hadn't been at this battle, we would have lost. If he hadn't done this at this particular juncture, we would have been doomed. It's true, he then turned but we have to honor all the good that we receive from him. And I remember reading that and it, 
it hit me deeply and I, I started tearing up and my and my son Adam said, What do you what's going on, Dad? He he did that a lot, you know, oh, there you go again, Dad, you know. Because I was reading it for me as much as I was for him. You know. And I I don't know I don't know if I um no. Uh, I don't know if I um, explained it fully to him, but I thought to myself, all the teachers that were benefactors for me who somehow had fallen off my pedestal, the pedestal I put them on, and disappointed me, and somehow I had closed myself, and not realizing how incredibly fortunate I was to receive what I did from them. This is something, when somebody disappoints you, not to negate all the beauty and the goodness that you still received from them. So I want to close with a um, with a, a, a benefactor exercise and practice. Well, I'll mention briefly before, before uh, we do that, just one one other thing about the benefactors, which is um, not only do we receive, but we then give. And one beautiful expression of what you've received is to pass it on and find others to encourage and to mentor and to bring out their gifts. And it's it's the best thing to do. So you might, you might consider just thinking, who, who in your life is, looks up to you or uh, is, uh, it, it respects you who hasn't fully come into their own power and in whatever way that feels appropriate, let them know you believe in them and that you're cheering them on. And uh, you might just consider being a guide or a mentor or a support for them and just notice how it feels inside to do that. So now I want to close with this, um, this bene- benefactor practice. Just for a moment, you got in touch with one or two or maybe a few benefactors. And you might just first pick one and then reflect on the fact that they also had their benefactor or benefactors. Perhaps you never met those other beings or know who they are, but they passed on something to the one who you received a gift from. And they, in turn, two generations back, received. And just in your mind's eye, go back and back generations of goodness and kindness and caring that moved through all of those different beings to you. 
a lineage of goodness. And now, as was, was said just a little while ago, there are many, many, once you start looking, just reflect on how many people have been or beings have been your benefactor and also include them in this vision and see their ancestors back and back and back. There's been a lineage of goodness and generosity and caring that over time has worked its way right through into you, into your heart, into your mind. And this lineage doesn't stop at you. And just for a few moments, reflect on all the people or beings that you touch or will touch in subsequent time. Just passing on what you received. And on and on through them, through generations of countless beings who will somehow benefit from what you passed on to this next generation. You're part of a huge lineage that is moving through you in its own unique way. And to appreciate what you've received and to appreciate what you've passed on what you can pass on. And to see in the bigger picture that life is a benefactor to you. You've been blessed. Continually learning and passing on what you learn. You're not alone in this process. You're an integral part of something much bigger. And just to open up to all beings everywhere, may all find peace and well-being and share their love well. And may our coming here together, any good that comes from it, ripple out and be shared with all beings everywhere. Okay. Nice to spend the the evening with you. Have a good... Good week. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.